Well, good morning. Good morning. We did have a good prayer breakfast yesterday morning, Mark. That was a good word. It was a good word. It got me stimulated and concentrated. Brother Don, he started out the week Wednesday night. If you didn't, if you didn't, if you weren't here, man, you ought to look that one up. Look that look that service up last Wednesday. And Pastor Don, he just I, I told him a couple times already, and I don't want him to get a big head, but but he told a story. He told a story about uh, goose. What kind of goose was it? The, what? A barnacle. Man, I tell you what, that hit me right between the eyes, boy. And it's just a good, good story. I would encourage you to, to check it out. But man, I, I just, it's been on my mind and, and stuff. But he kind of started out in, 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 in James, the book of James, about the joy of the Lord. And then Mark preached in James, started out in James, didn't end up in James, but started out in James uh, yesterday morning. And, and uh, early, a couple weeks ago, you were preaching about some fasting. And I just was, was concentrated on the fasting part of that and, and how much, when it says, it, it says, these kind doesn't come out except by prayer and fasting. And it always, it just took me back to Matthew chapter 6, and it says, when we pray, whenever you pray, pray like this, right? And it says, don't, you know, go into your secret place. And then it says, whenever you fast. I think God expects us to pray, don't you? He says, whenever you fast. It doesn't say, if you fast. And so everybody is included in this. And fasting needs to be a part of our life. It needs to become a part of our life, fasting and prayer. And to become a part of our, uh, our, our DNA. And, and, and when we pray, then we start praying that way. And then when we, we start believing and we, we build our fasting is not for God's benefit. It's not for God's benefit. God doesn't set us up on the mountain to, 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 for us to, to be, feel good about ourselves and to be all good about it. God puts us on a mountain to see, to see. He puts us up there so we can see what's going on and see what, see what it's all about. Because listen, he's the God in the mountain and he's the God in the valley, right? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, and, and God's not changing. But he's not going to share his glory with any man. And, and I know God does some mighty things and, and powerful things. And, you know, you said your dad said that. Well, I'm thinking my dad said that. My spiritual dad said that. You said that. And, yeah, it might have been passed down, but it was passed down through heritage. It's passed down. And we need to have some stuff inside of us that we're able to pass on and pass along. Because we've got a responsibility in this. And, and, and I believe that, that we're on the right track. I, I'll really be honest with you, man. I, I had things that stirring inside of me that I was going to Joel. And, man, I mean, it was just going to be a, a real doom and gloomer. And I do believe that we need to go back to the prophets. And we need to read. And he says that, I mean, it was so bad. He said, consecrate a fast 
between the altar and the doors. For the, for the, for the uh, uh, priest to do that. And if he's consecrating a fast, he's including us, the church. But we need to, because the consequences of what was going on in Joel is, is, is horrible. And I believe there is. I believe there's consequences for our nation, for us as a nation. And as a church, we have a lot of responsibility in it. So I say all that. My message is really going to be about faith. It's going to be about believing. It's going to be about, it doesn't have to happen our watch. It's going to be about, about speaking things into existence and not, and not, and not settling for, for, for our, our, our senses. And in James chapter 1, and, and it's, I'll start in verse 1. It says, James, a bondser, a God, and the Lord Jesus Christ, and the 12 tribes who are dispersed abroad, greetings. Consider it all joy, my brethren. And that's what you preached on. You just preached on joy. And, he, and, and Pastor Don started out, and since he had been preaching on Wednesday nights for this last, since, what, April, you say? May? Literally, something coming against him every week. From, from sometimes several a week. And getting his cars destroyed for to... I mean, talk about some tribulation and some challenges. But he, he, he went on for like 10 minutes telling all the things that went, happened to him. And he, and he left out the time when he got sick and we had to walk him out of the church. Count it all joy. And there's stuff that's going to happen sometimes. It says, count it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. That's what mine says. I think Doris's here probably says, fall into diverse temptations, doesn't it? The work of patience. One translation says, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. It says, when you fall into diverse temptations. When you fall into them. And so sometimes when we fall into stuff, yeah, man, we can, in, in Hebrews chapter 12, it says that don't, don't be, that the, the, the sin and, the, and, the, and those that easily ensnare us, that so easily ensnare us. And, and there are sins that easily ensnare us. We're bent towards some sin, but there are also sometimes where we fall into various trials. That's not really even any, any fault of your own sometimes. And, or, you know, we, it just, it is. We're, Jesus is clear, man, there, there's going to be trials. There's going to be tribulation if we're going to walk with him. But it says that, that knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And, and to produce, our, our faith is tested so that, it will produce endurance. God wants us to endure to the end. He wants us to make it to the end. He's wanting to... Now, listen, I started thinking about Navy SEALs and different ones and, and how they, 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 they endure. They learn, they learn that they can, in their mind, they, they, they go beyond 
what what you think the human mind can handle, but the human mind can handle far, far greater than what we even know. And we can go and we can start concentrating and start putting aside our feelings and our emotions and the things that, that, that we want to give in to, the, the Navy SEAL will survive. He'll survive cold. He'll survive heat. He will survive torture. He will survive because he puts his mind in a different place. He's able to, to go beyond uh, uh, what we would say is human comprehension or human understanding. But he goes beyond that. And, and we have that same capability. What makes him different? It's not the, not the strongest that does that. It's, it's not the, the one you would think would be most fit. It's sometimes, it's, it's the loser in the class, but if he's able to take his mind to a place that, that's able to overcome, to endure, and to, to, to make it to the end. It says, let it, let and let endurance have its perfect result. God's wanting to perfect us, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Right there, perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. But if any of you lacks, lacks wisdom, let him ask of God and gives it to all men, or, and, or gives it to men. I don't, what's your say? I don't know but generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Let him ask in faith without doubting, without any doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by wind. Now, what is faith? We go back a few pages to to Hebrews 11, and it says, now faith is. Right now, faith is. And we know this. We've, We've heard this a million times. And I was telling Mark, I mean, he started in James and he talked about inquiring the Lord, but ultimately, man, it all comes back down to faith. And Mark's a faith preacher, man. He's a, he speaks on faith and he's a faith guy and he operates in faith. And, it, and, and when, when it says there in James that, that uh, consider it all joy, my brother, when you encounter various trials, when you fall into various trials, I mean, trials, trying. It's trying. Trials means trying. It's, it's testing. It's testing our faith. And oftentimes, I remember hearing a faith preacher say one time, he said, he said yeah, I hear the guy, you know, he listened to me preaching. He says, I've tried that. I've tried that faith thing. And he says, you didn't try that faith thing. That faith thing tried you. That faith thing tried you. And there was no endurance. And that's what we got to get to, man. We, sometimes we, we say, no, nah, I've, I've done that. I've been there. I've, I've done that. It didn't work for me. It's like it's some kind of a, a, a thing. It's a genie in a bottle or something. No. Listen, endurance means that sometimes it's still working. It's working. It's just not working the way you want it to. It's not working the way as fast as you want it to. It's not, on, it's not that it's not getting done. It's that it's not working as fast as you want it to. Or I want it to. Because I'm guilty, man. I, I'm, I'm preaching to myself here. I've been tried. I mean, faith has tried me a few times. Don't think it hasn't. 
Listen, we need, we need to be tested and tried by faith. It says here, it says, now faith is. What is faith? What is faith? The assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, or it is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I think according to King James or the New King James, and, and for me, when I look at the substance of something, it says the real physical matter, the real physical matter of which a person or thing consists and which has tangible, solid presence. Faith is solid. Faith can be seen. Faith can be held. Faith can uh, be, be, be heard. Faith, how do we hear it? We hear it because we start speaking it. God, not, the world was not in existence until God spoke it into existence. And then, after he spoke it into existence, then what did he do? He set Adam there to take dominion and, and rule over yeah. that earth. And he reached down in that earth and he made Adam. He created Adam. But, and he gave him seed to plant. And he gave him the speak over, to speak into all of those things. Adam was a sower of seed. God provided the sower with seed. Everything else God created. God created Adam and he, he provided seed. God created and then created man and he said let's create him just like me, us. What do you say? And they agreed on that. There was a, there was a a uh, 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 council in heaven that agreed on that. And that's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they loved uh, us, uh, humans, enough. He loved man enough to give us dominion over this thing. Yeah? Did he blow it? Sure he did. Sure he did. But God made a way to yeah. get it back. Amen? And he knew that right then. Yeah. They knew that he provided that council in heaven, from the get-go, from the beginning, he had, they had already had this thing set up, knowing that we needed a way to get this back. God gives, he made us the only animal that has a choice, reason, only animal. That he loved us that much. But he also know that we're probably going to be full with doubt. A double-minded person is unstable in all of his, of his ways, it says. And that means he's going to be thrown around in the, like, like a ship, right? He's going to be tossed about. Substance. It's physical. In, in, in Mark 2, 5, and when Jesus is preaching in Capernaum, and, and I, I think it was Capernaum, might be wrong. I'm just going by memory now. But in, in, he's preaching, and the crowds are coming, man. The crowds are, are, are showing up because Jesus is doing miracles. And when they come, they, he, the, the, the friends of the paralyzed person, they bring him in, and, and, they, and they show up, and it's so crowded they can't get in. The people are pressing in to Jesus. They're crowding Jesus. And they can't get in. So what do they do? They take him. They, they haul him up on top of the roof. And begin to dig. Begin to dig. And you can imagine Jesus there preaching. And you start seeing some crumbles coming down. You kind of wonder what's going on. 
I'm sure Jesus was fully aware. But, but listen, when, when they finally got through and they dropped him down and lowered him down, Jesus said, after seeing, after seeing their faith, that was a tangible thing that he's able to witness. Can, can people see your faith? I, I believe that, that if, if we really walk by faith and not by sight, people will be able to see our faith. Why? How will they see it? What is faith not? I wrote in here, faith is not. Faith is not just a, a good luck. Faith is not crossing your fingers. Faith is not thinking the worst and hoping the best. That's been my, my mantra most of my life. Think the worst and hope for the best. You can't go wrong with that. But you do because you know why? You get the worst. You get the worst. I was thinking about this when, when I was speaking, and I, I, I look back, man, I, I was a... I was probably a junior in high school or senior. And I wasn't, you know, by this time I wasn't staying in church and I was a pretty worldly kid. I was taking care of myself, I'll be honest. But I knew still I was a good guy and I knew Lord, but I, I just wasn't serving the Lord. But I think back on this, and I remember my buddy, you'd know him, Old Field Rowing. You know, Old Field were riding around, and he said, Billy, if you could pick one girl out, the whole school, the date, who would it be? And boy, I told him, I told him quick. And the reason why is she, she probably wasn't the most perfect person, but she was a happy person and, and a pretty girl and, and, and seemed to be smiling and happy most of the time. And I thought about that, and I bet you it wasn't six months later. We were coming home after a game or a football game. We'd been someplace, and these girls needed a ride home. And man, sitting on my lap was that girl. And I thought to myself, wow, I didn't know anything about speaking things into existence then. Now, I ain't lying. I, now, I think it sounds sick and messed up, but in its way... You've got to understand something. God showed me something there. I didn't even dawn on me until later in life that I did it. Now listen, that all being said, there was a time in my life where I said this. Garth Brooks has a song, and it's called, Thank God for Unanswered Prayers. Now, I thank God for that unanswered prayer because in my mind, I was going to marry that girl. But God had a different plan. And listen, when he spoke that one into his, he dropped my wife in my heart before I even seen her like that girl. But once it got inside of me, by faith, by faith, I just said, okay, Lord then you're going to have to do something because I don't see that happening, but you do. And so whenever the, thing would, the opportunity would come or, 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 or when I'd be questioned or put into doubt, I would say, Lord, that's yours, not mine. That's yours, not mine. And God brought it to pass. God brought it to pass. Because when God speaks something, it happens. It happens. 
And I don't, I, I'm, I'm thankful for that, that, that he had me in mind when, when, he, when he put my wife and dropped that in my prayer, that it would be her and not her. Amen? Because he does that. Listen, God's a prayer here and a prayer answering God. He knew my need. He knew what I needed. He knew who I needed. And then after that, and then listen, all through my, my relationship with my wife, and this is totally, I don't have this, I'm getting off, I'm going on a tangent, but here you go. Has it been easy, perfect? No, it hasn't. It hasn't. But I'll guarantee you one thing, that divorce was never an option. Leaving was never an option. Not talking for two or three weeks was an option a few times. But not leaving. I just want. It was not. I, 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 I don't care. I'll make my house on a roof. Make my bed up there if I had to. But I'm not leaving. That's who God gave me. When I made my vows, I made my vows not to her. I made my vows to God and to her. But I made my vows to her, him. And, and through that, man, I'm telling you what, I stood on him. Because we speak that into existence. Our word, life and death is in the power of the tongue. And we can choose whether we're going to be sick or whether we're going to be well. And, and I'll tell you, Sherry, Sherry lived many years by speaking life right into her body. And somebody, a few of us, agreeing with her and speaking it also. God's a prayer hearing and a prayer answering God. He's not taken back by any of these things. Like you said, there's nothing too great for God. You know, the only thing too great for God is in verse 6 there where it says that, that without faith it's impossible to please God. You don't have faith, you ain't going to please God. That's just all there is to it. We have to have faith. We got to have faith. The substance, tangible something to hold on to. Look what it says about evidence. The evidence of things not seen. Evidence, outward signs, something furnishes proof. Testimony, something legally submitted to a tribunal to ascertain truth. Something legally attained and through a tribunal to ascertain truth. Listen, we got a legal bond going on here. We got something happening in the heavenlies. And when we got, when we can have a, a substance of knowing, seeing, smelling, operating in a faith that is tangible, and, and then knowing that it's already the uh, the evidence is already produced and presented in the court of heaven. My God, it's done. It's already taken care of. Why? Because we got an advocate, and his name is Jesus. And he is up there, our defense attorney, doing battle in a courtroom that just says, you are not guilty. You are the, we're expunging these charges, the things that, that the enemy presents day and night, the accusations that you're a liar, that you're a cheat, that you, 
you, you've stolen, you've, you've done all of these things, you, 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 you've had all of these horrible thoughts, and you've done all this stuff. Listen, Jesus said, you're not guilty. He took our, he said, you're guilty, but I'm going to expunge it, and I'll take care of it. Don't worry, I got you. Believe me, in my time, I've needed attorneys. I've needed attorneys. And sometimes the results were pretty good. I got the best. Money could buy, because I had a business partner thought I walked on water, and I was just a perfect kid, and wouldn't believe the bad things I did. But he made sure I got a good lawyer when I went to court. And man, I can't tell you how many times I walked out of there, and then, and the, and, and the daggone attorney would be over there talking to the policeman or something. That policeman just said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And I'm saying, he, then the lawyer said, you go on, you go on. I'll take care of this, okay. You know, because whatever he did, he kind of pulled the wool over to the policeman. I remember seeing that. Then one day I called him about 3 o'clock in the morning after just getting out of jail. And I was already back in there in jail again. This is horrible. I know, a preacher doing this. And I said, I told him what happened. He said, did you do this? And I said, yeah. He said, click. <laughs> I can't help you. He said, click. And I thought, okie dokie. You're supposed to be the guy I always turn to to buy my way out of this thing or take care of stuff. Listen, we got an advocate, and his name is Jesus, and he says, you're not guilty. But listen, we rely on him. When those accusations come against, I'm not that guy. I'm not that kid no more. But I'm a child of God. And I got, God's got a plan and a purpose for my life. And, and we don't, it's evidence. There is evidence to prove it. Hmm. I'm going to go down. We're going to go to Acts chapter 27. We're going to take a journey with Paul. Paul stood before the king, Agrippa, made his case almost. He said, King Agrippa replied to Paul, in a short time, you'll persuade me to become Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that rather, whether in a short or long time, not only you, but also all who hear me in this day, might become such as I am, except for these chains. That's in chapter 26. And it goes on that they got to do something with Paul now. What are we going to do with him? In verse 1 it says, And when it was decided that we should sail for Italy, they proceeded to deliver Paul and some other prisoners to a centurion of the Augustan cohort named Julius and embarking in an arbitrarian ship which was about to sail the region along the coast of Asia, we put out to sea, accompanied Aristocurus or whatever, and a Macedonian Thessalonican. And the next, next day we put in at Sidon, and Julius treated uh, Paul with consideration and allowed him to go to his friends and receive care. So listen, the centurion, they turned him over to the centurion who was a pretty high-level guy. He was Caesar's. Uh, guy, 
right? He was Caesar centurion. Centurions are pretty recognized. Why? Because they understand authority, right? And Jesus talked to the one centurion before, and he says that he, the centurion come to Jesus wanting his friend healed. Why? Because he was a man of authority, and Jesus knew that. And then Jesus told him he hadn't seen that kind of faith. And then later, uh, 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 Paul, I mean, uh, 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 Peter, uh, is, is at uh, Cornelius's house, who was a centurion. He was a centurion. And, and he was the first one that the Holy Spirit falls on as a, as a, uh, a Gentile. Centurions are kind of recognized and, and, and honored. Whether, whether they're saved or not, they're honored. They're recognized. They keep their word. And this centurion, he, 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 he's thought of highly. And he's nice enough to let... let let Paul go and visit with his friends while he's there. People that he can come together with and they could encourage him and, 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 and speak into him and pray together and things like that. And, 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 and they would feed him and care for him and get him ready for the rest of the journey. When he had sailed slowly for a good many days, in verse 7, with difficulty, had arrived off Sendus, since the wind did not permit to go farther, we sailed under the shelter of Crete, off Salomone, or whatever. And with the difficulty sailing past it, we came to a certain place called Fair Havens. That's a good place to hang out. I mean, sounds like a good place to dock your ship. Fair Havens, which near which, near which was the city of La Cie. And when considerable time had passed, and the voyage was now dangerous, since even the fast were already over, Paul began to admonish them. And the fast that they're talking about was, was uh, uh, the, the uh, 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 September, the atonement. It was during atonement. And so this journey was start, here they are in September, probably not going to finish until after winter, the journey. And when, when he goes on, he says, Considerable time had passed. Admonish them. Man, where am I at? And, he's, and, and in verse 10 it says, And said to them, Men, I perceive that the voyage will certainly be attended with damage, with damage and great loss, and not only of cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. Paul was telling them this. He was speaking as his. He'd done been in prayer with his friends. Now he's coming back and telling his friends, Listen, this ain't going to be good, boys. Listen to me, but they don't. But the centurion was more persuaded by the pilot and the captain of the ship than by what was being said to by Paul. And so Paul is a man that's walking by faith, and he walks by faith and not by sight. These guys are walking by, 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 by sight. They're operating because they see it's like going to be nice out. And they think they're looking at the sky and they're looking at the nice breeze and everything. And they say, no, I think we can make it. And Paul's saying, this ain't going to be good, boys. I can tell you right now, this is a guy that's connected with God. This is a guy who's seeking God, inquiring of God. See, it doesn't work the same every time, does it, Mark? It does the journey. The ship, when you get in the ship, it's not the same same way, you're not going to hit the same iceberg every time. You're not going to hit the same uh, uh, storm every time. There's different things that come against us, different uh, 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 trials and tribulations, different temptations that come against you. Paul was in this boat not by no uh, 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 on this journey, not 
by his choice. But he was still on the journey. And because the harbor was not suitable for wintering, the majority reached a decision to put out the sea from there. And somehow they could reach Phoenix, a harbor creek facing southwest and northwest, and spend a winter there. And when the moderate south wind came up, supposing that they had gained their purpose, they weighed anchor and began sailing along Crete and close inshore. The purpose was purpose that, that they're saying that, yeah, this must be the purpose God has for me. This must be it. This must be it. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. I'm not going to inquire God about it. I'm just, by the looks of it, it's pretty nice out. By, the, by my sight, it looks like it's all good. This is the best deal in town. You can't beat this. We got this nice ship. I got a great crew. Uh, the winds are nice and warm. It's time to set sail, and we're going to go over here and hang out for the winter. And there shouldn't be any problems, except we don't listen to the man of God, right? And the man of God's got a word for us, and, and, and they just won't listen. It says, but before very long, rushed down from the land a violent wind called Uroquillo. And when the ship was caught in it, it could not face the wind, and we gave way to it and let ourselves be driven along and running under the shelter of a small inland called Clotta. We were scarcely able to get the ship's boat under control. And can you imagine? You can just see this. You can see the, the boat just going crazy. You can see these guys jumping around trying to save themselves. And, and after they had hoisted it up, they used supporting cables in undergirding the ship and fearing that they might run aground on the shallows of Sirtris. And when they, when they let down the sea anchor and so let themselves be driven along. The next day, we were being violently storm-tossed because there was double-mindedness on this ship. They should have stuck with the single-minded Paul. And they began to jettison the cargo, and on the third day, they threw the ship tackle overboard which, with their own hands. And since neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, no small storm was assailing us. Can you imagine? Have you been in a storm like that before? Has your life ever been like that? My life has been like that before. And when I see one thing right after another, and I think it's going to calm down, and they come again. And, 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 the, and the rains just keep on coming. And the floods keep on rising. And, and, and the wind keeps on blowing. And the roof keeps on leaking. And, 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 and keep on going. Now you name it. I don't know how many times when I was in business and I would, I would get up and with a bad snowstorm, we'd shovel a lot in the morning time. And before it was time to open, we had to shovel it again. And I'm sitting there going, oh, Lord, I didn't even, we didn't even get good out of the first shovel. I wish I would have waited. But we had to be ready. And, and so you end up paying twice or whatever. I mean, it just seemed one thing after another. Bam, 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 bam. Get this fixed. Got to do this, do this, do this. Can't do that, can't do that, can't do that. You know, a ghetto start with one broken window that you can't repair. Things start going to pot when you can't fix something or you think you can't fix it, but, but 
that's just doing things on your own. And since there was neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, no small storm was assailing us. From then, then on, all hope of being saved was gradually abandoned. And now that hope, I don't believe, is hope that, that we're talking about in, 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 by faith. I believe this is the hope that we're just, oh, keep our fingers crossed and hope that sun comes out tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow. And when they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up in the midst and said, Men, you ought to have followed my advice and not have set sail from Crete and incurred the damage and the loss. He has to just point it out to him. Listen, God's on our, my side, and if you guys want the blessing, just, just listen to me. And for this very night, an angel, because he's telling him now, man, he's letting him know why. He says, and, let, and yet now I urge you to keep your courage, for there shall be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. Paul's prophesying now. He's speaking this stuff. He's got it. And why is he prophesying? Because an angel has spoken to him. He says, For this very night, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I've served stood before me. There's still a man of God. There's still a remnant of a church that will talk to God. There's still a remnant that will inquire of God. There's still a remnant that, that will seek God's face and will will humble themselves and pray. And it says, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar and behold. You got, you got to love it. He said, Don't be afraid, Paul. We're going to get you there to stand before Caesar. You're not going to miss out on that treat. Right? You got to wonder like, like, Oh, thanks a lot, angel. Don't want, you can't just like let this thing pass over me. I, I've still got to face Caesar. He said, no, we're going to get you there because you got work to do. you got a, you got, a, you got a, an assignment. And he says, and behold, God has granted you all of those who are sailing with you. Therefore, keep your courage, men, for I believe, God, that it will turn out exactly, exactly as I have been told. Listen to me. God, God speaks it. It's going to turn out exactly the way he said it. Now, I can start speaking into it, and I can get a little crazy sometimes, and I can start, you know, uh, 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 adding to. But listen, whatever God says, it's going to come to pass. God, God speaks through angels. He speaks through preachers. He speaks through prophets. He speaks through evangelists. He speaks through apostles. He speaks through pastors and teachers. He speaks through you, and he speaks through me. If we will just uh, allow and, and listen and hear and allow the, the, our faith to, to manifest and, 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 and become tangible, we will hear the word of God and we will speak it. And therefore, keep your courage. He's an encourager. Man, for I believe God that it will turn out exactly as I have been told. Mm. If you go back to, to, to Hebrews 11, 2, I'm just going to read it so you don't have to. This is what it says. It says, For by it the elders obtained a good report. You want a good report? You want a good report? I want a good report. Whose report will you believe? 
I will believe the report of the Lord. Listen, a good report, a good report is when we walk, operate in faith, when we, when we believe that, that the evidence of things not seen, the, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, when we start operating in that, then the elders, well, they received a good report. Listen, we can receive that same promise. It wasn't just for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It wasn't just for Esau and Noah and Moses. It wasn't just for Daniel. We got the same promises. And we need to lay a hold of that and hear a good report. Man, I come in here, and man, I'll tell you what. This week a guy came and he brings me a bulletin from from St. Paul Lutheran Church. And then we started talking about all the, the school. And I said, well, we recognize that school is one of the best. And he started t- telling me about the, the classrooms and the gym. And the gym is down underneath the ground. And he says, I'll take you out there and show it to you sometime. I said, can I bring my pastor? He said, yeah. I said, I'd like to see it. And I'm telling you something. It was just like this was all falling in place, you know. And, and, I, and I just started praying that, that we don't have to wait till we're too old to, to, to even enjoy this thing. It's, it's time is now. It's, the time is now. And, and he's a now God with a now faith. And I, I believe that, that God has something just for Hosanna Christian School. Because while we might use that St. Paul Lutheran as a standard, that one day we go past that bar. We shoot past that bar. And, and, and we establish that. I just believe it with all my heart that, that the time is now. But we must stand, we must run aground on, certain, on, on a certain island. But when the 14th had come, as we, in verse 27, as we've been driven about in the Adriatic Sea about midnight, the sailors began to surmise that they were approaching some land and, and, and 29, it says, Fearing that we might run aground somewhere on the rocks, they cast four anchors with a stern and, and wished for daybreak. Now, I think that they were all sitting around wishing, but I believe Paul, uh, he knew. He had already seen it. He already seen it. He had already spoken into this. He already told them what was going to happen, and they were all wishing. Prayer of a faithful man. Fervent, effectual prayer, righteous men availeth much. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, my God. Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, unless these men remain in the ship, you yourselves cannot be saved. Listen, even the, even the, even the heathen wants to be saved. They want to be saved. I believe that. And sometimes we're just the one. Paul had told Agrippa, man, I've wished that, that not only you, no matter how long it takes, that you and many more like you would get this word and become a Christian. And, and, and here he is. And he said, you want them people saved? They better stay on the ship. And until the day, in verse 33, was about to dawn, Paul was encouraging them all to take some food, saying today, Today, 
is the 14th day that you have been constantly watching and going without eating. They've been fasting, been praying now, having taken nothing. Therefore, I encourage you to take some food, for this is for your preservation, for not a hair from the head of any of you shall perish. What a God. That's the promise that we have. When I look back in Hebrews chapter 11, and it says, For by it the men of old gained approval, or they obtained a good report. This is how they received it, was by faith. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which were visible. There wasn't nothing when God started. There wasn't anything. He made it out of nothing and became something. And he takes people like me, a nothing, and makes something. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. I'm righteous. God testifying about the gifts and through faith and through, he, though he is dead, he still speaks. My goodness. In verse 6, without faith it is impossible to please God, to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Listen, the report, the report is your reward. Because you're going to get a good report. If we got faith, can you believe it? Can you believe it? Because God wants to do something here. God wants to do the miraculous. I wrote in here, he began to speak to me while, while I was just meditating on this, because I didn't even know how I was going to do this. I didn't know what order I was going to go. I didn't have anything written down. I just, I just, I had these scriptures, but I, I didn't know what it was going to be like. And I hope it makes sense, but, but the fact is, is that God is here. God's word is true. It doesn't have to be Bill's word. It doesn't have to be presented in a, in a way that John MacArthur would like it. Because I, I couldn't please John MacArthur. I can barely please myself. God gave me these words. He just says this. I hope it. I, I just, if it's not God, then it's me. There is a shaking that will separate the natural from the supernatural. Mere men from faithful men. Do not fear. You have been tested. You have been tested. You have already been sifted. You are prepared and covered. You mentioned take cover. You have been and covered by my prayers. Your faith will I can't even read my writing. I was writing too fast. Your faith will sustain you. Listen, I was, I was taken back to, to Jesus at the 
Last Supper, and he says, Simon, Simon, the devil himself, Satan himself has asked permission to sift you like wheat. Now, if I'm Peter, I'm saying, and what'd you tell him? <laughs> you tell him, so, you told him no, didn't you? <laughs> but he's just like Paul. Paul, Paul had to get to, to see Caesar. He had to get there. There was work to be done. And so the angel didn't, didn't spare him that. He spared his life. And, and at the same time, Jesus just said, listen, he's asked permission to sift you like wheat. Listen, sifting, I can imagine if we're humans in a sifting box and be that wheat, that little bitty wheat, and we're, they're sifting. You ever sift flour? And you end up with those lumps. And if you imagine if you was a person in there, you know, you're going to be totally agitated and messed up. It's going to throw you around like crazy. He says, you're going to be in some storms. There's going to be some situations. There's going to be some trials. There's going to be some tribulations. I'm going to sift you like, Satan wants to sift you like wheat. But Jesus says what? He says, I'm praying. I'll be praying for you. I'm praying for you. When you come back, Paul, or when you come back, Peter, and you minister to these other guys, he says, I, I'm praying for you. Know that. Listen, God's praying. Jesus is our intercessor. He is our advocate. He is right there. Whatever we're going through, whatever we're fighting, we can take have faith. Listen, and, and, and Peter says, listen, I, 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 I'll, I'll go to jail. I'll go to prison. I'll die for you, Jesus. And Jesus said, well, before the cock crows three times, or call, before the cock crows, you're going to sin against me three times. No, not me. Listen, God's not concerned. Jesus is not concerned about, about what you have done. He's more concerned about what you're going to do. That we need to focus on what God has done, right, Mark? What God can do instead of what, what is happened in the past. So let's look to the future. Our future is good. Our future is good. Why? Because not a, one of us are going to make it. We're not going to go, going to be killed. Not a hair on our head is going to be messed with. Because we're in the boat. We're in the boat. And we've got a, we got a Savior, and His name is Jesus. But don't think that there's not going to be some, some waves and not going to be some storms and, and not going to be some, some tough times. But we're not mere men. And God's got a plan. And our purpose is to see this thing through. Our purpose is to, 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 to uh, 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 be able to, to endure until the end. God's got this. Build ourselves up in our most holy faith. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God. Allow the word of God 
to come out of our mouth. Speak it with faith and speak it, believe in it, and, and speak to sickness, speak, speak to disease, speak to, to finances, speak to it. Speak to relationships. Because God's in it. God is in that boat. Let's stand.